Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up, and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here, and welcome to this experimental episode of The Disruptive Entrepreneur. There's a lot of experimenting going on this year on The Disruptive Entrepreneur. Uh, it's my 40th birthday year. I want to do a lot of testing. I think there's going to be some really great things that come out of this for you, the listener. I'm going to take some risks. Some of those may pay off. Some of those may not. I'm after your feedback, so make sure you do give me the feedback in The Disruptive Entrepreneur community. So um, I have never done a joint episode where uh, I've done an episode with someone and it's been published on my podcast and someone else's podcast. I've also never hybridized an episode where I do a podcast on entrepreneurship and business and the theme of this podcast, but we also talk about a completely different theme. Uh, And Jake Wood and Spencer Oliver, who have the Pound for Pound podcast, have never done that either. So I've become good friends with Jake. We've spent a lot of time together. He came to our quarterly podcast, Mastermind. He's got a great podcast called Pound for Pound with Spencer Oliver that's doing really well. Uh, And we've taken a bit of a risk and also had a lot of fun. Uh, And I went down to Jake's house uh, and Jake, Spencer and I just sat in their special podcast room room with three microphones and we just chatted. We talked about um, their podcast, the growth of their podcast, um, a bit about monetizing it. We talked a bit about uh, the boxing world. We talked a lot about mindset. We talked a bit about, you know, the sort of the correlation between boxing and business and entrepreneurship. We talked a bit about my story uh, and Spencer talks about his story. He got, um, he was European boxing champion, knocked out in a coma for two weeks and just completely had to reinvent his life. And he, ta- he talks through that whole story in a lot of detail. And we had a lot of fun. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. It certainly goes a bit off on tangents in places. We have a a bit of a good laugh from time to time. Obviously, there's a decent amount of boxing related content in there. And this isn't a boxing podcast. But we wanted to give this a go. They really enjoyed it. And if this works, we can do more guest um, podcasts. So this is an experimental episode. It's a fusion hybrid of the disruptive entrepreneur and pound for pound. I'm not going to talk to you anymore other than to get in to this episode with myself, Jake Wood and Spencer Oliver, disruptive entrepreneur, pound for pound. Here we go. Hello, welcome to pound for pound slash the disruptive entrepreneur. We are doing something a bit different this week. Yeah, looking forward to this. Um, something's not been done before. We've not done this before. A little crossover. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to We've it. We've got a co-host and he's sat here with us. Three of us. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rob Moore. Thanks for having me on your show and being on my show. Yeah, but we're kind of on your show yeah. because you're going to launch this uh, on your podcast yeah. at the same time as we're launching this. So Wednesday, 7 a.m. Yeah. Um, yeah. So welcome to, uh, welcome to our show and thanks for having us on your show. 
And thanks for being on my show. And, <laughs> and then being on your show. Know, it's, all, it's all a little bit weird, isn't it? It's like, it's, uh, yeah, I'm quite looking forward to You've got to try these new things, haven't you? Otherwise, you, you don't make any progress. My podcast called The Disruptive Entrepreneur. We've got to be disrupting podcasts as well, haven't we? And making yeah. stuff that's a bit different. It's a great idea. Um, you talk to me about it. We, well, well you, you do a, um, a podcast like uh, workshop and all mm. that as well, don't you? So uh, you asked me to go up there this week and we, we did a. Uh, did like two hour Q and A with yeah. with uh, probably about fifty wannabe. I mean, not wannabe because like about Most half of them were doing podcasts, yeah. weren't they? Uh, it's a big thing now. Podcast, it's fascinating. Big thing. They loved you, by the way. Jamie, oh yeah. They just we thought, have to say that. No, no, no. I don't. No, I'd be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you no, never but, told me that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they said that you're really down to earth and like honest and um, you very knowledgeable about podcasting as well. Getting there, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, for, so for people that have tuned into your podcast, and, and me and Spencer are here, we run a podcast called the Pound for Pound Boxing Podcast. We've been going for just over a year. We do one show every week. Um, yeah, we're doing all right, aren't we? We're mm. sort of, uh, yeah, we. I, I think when we started out, we um, were clueless. I think we know a little bit now, but when we started out, we was it, podcasting was new to us, wasn't it? We didn't really, yeah. we hadn't listened to any podcasts. We didn't really understand it at all, but I think when you get into that podcast world, it's a really fascinating world, and it's um, yeah, it's something that we've really enjoyed doing. We've done over fifty shows now, um, we've done some great guests, yeah. um, and we've had a laugh along the way. And I think that that's that's the secret recipe for what we do. I think mm. it's like you want to put, you know, you want to educate people a little bit. Ours is ours is very boxing orientated. We want to educate people about boxing and what's going on in the boxing world, but you also want to put a smile on their faces as well. And um, I think we're achieving that. Yeah. Do you think that's the key, Rob, to a successful podcast is like uh, is is guests? I think the first thing is, do you love doing it? Because I think all of us around this room, and just in case my listeners don't know you both, Jake Wood, Spencer Oliver. Spencer, you were European boxing champion. Yep. Yeah, and yep. Jake. Day job actor, yeah. He's yeah, yeah, played a character called Max Brennan, been yeah. there 12 years. But yeah. yeah, yeah, a big boxing fan. So, yeah. and best mates with Spencer. So it's, uh, it just seemed like a no-brainer. Yes, this is like the weirdest thing ever. We're sitting in your house in this room and we're three very different people from mm. very different places and mm. we're all doing a podcast. That's like... That's the great thing, yeah. don't you think? I yeah, think that's the fascinating thing. And, and when you listen to podcasts, you know, and you get these sort of things, I don't think anyone's quite done what we're doing yet and um, that's why I was looking forward to doing this this evening but sorry Jake yeah. what was your initial question because I didn't answer it I hate not answering questions sorry do you think that was do you think that's a, the secret to successful podcasts yeah. is, the, is the quality of the guests so I think first thing is do you love doing it you guys clearly love doing it um, we've talked about monetization models and all that and I've never run a monetization model I just did it because I did a writing business I was able to retire quite young um, I just turned 40 this week um, I retired 31, then 33, then 35, got bored, had nothing to do, wrote a few books that did all right. And I just thought this podcasting thing sounds like fun. I'm going to go out there and just one, share my story of business, really, mm -hmm. and, 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 and freedom and enjoying yourself and doing what you want, love to do. Um, but then also trying to meet some cool people. So I think, mm -hmm. you know, like when I started listening to your podcast, uh, you guys just laugh all the time. You just laugh and you just have fun. And that for me was great. And uh, my podcasts tend to be a bit educational and they're quite, you know, like if you listen to books, you've got the nonfiction charts and the business charts and my content can be like that. And I want it, it to be, I want to start upping up my game on entertainment value. And I think you've got a good mix of the entertainment and the education. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm definitely inspired by that. I think guest wise. Yeah. I mean, it's good to go for the big names. We all want the big names, don't yeah. we? And that's a good draw, but I think it's also good to try 
random new different guests i mean yeah. most people wouldn't say oh yeah get jake wood on the disruptive entrepreneur podcast most mm. people wouldn't say get me on the pound for pound podcast but if it if, if it's not that successful well it's just another podcast in the bank but it might go big and be yeah, really yeah. good so you because you said you interview people like um you know the um the, the cutsman yeah and you you know you do the journeyman one the one Absolutely. the guy who's done like about a million fights and yeah. just had his gloves in his car yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and like you know everyone's thinking anthony joshua and tyson fury and because they're great guests mm. but the great stories are the people have been on the journey for decades that you don't know much about so i try and get a flavor of those kind of guests as well um i've got jackie stewart in a couple of weeks who's obviously a really really experienced guy and then i've got one guy who climbs up to the top of the tallest buildings with no um safety equipment <laughs> yeah, and then i've got it, yeah. four billionaires i've had in the last sort of three months mm. just a complete mix up which i think keeps it interesting yeah yeah well, it certainly keeps you interested as well. You've got to be interested yeah, yeah, for it yeah. to be interesting, haven't yeah, yeah. you? But you're right. So, some of the, the, those episodes of like the Cutsman and the Journeyman and uh, I'm trying to think who else, uh, um, Ray Winston, sort of like where you yeah. go a little bit, you know, but then he's got such a connection to boxing and such a uh, an emotional connection to boxing. Those and, are the ones and, for and me. The doctor yeah. and the guy. That, yeah, the um, Doctor was a great one, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that we like to go through the layers of, so boxing's our umbrella. Um, so we obviously base our podcast around boxing, but we go a lot deeper than that. We go into the character and what the character is and everybody. So boxing brings everybody together. Boxing's their love. but We like to try and find out about the person. And so we like to go through the layers of the sports. So we go through the cutsman and the journeyman and not just the champions. So, mm. and I think that that's what people do find fascinating. People want to know, you know, everybody hears about Anthony Joshua yeah. or everyone hears about Cole Frotch or, you know, all the big names, the Kell Brooks, and we get all those guys on, but nobody really hears about the Christian Lakes who no we had really on the journey. No really light on those guys, do no. they? Yeah. And yeah. they are the unsung heroes mm. and the grassroots, and without those guys, the sport doesn't exist. Mm. And I think that, um, yeah, so we like to touch on all that. Mm. I think you need variety as well because more and more now there's more podcasts mm -hmm. and um, you know when, when a big author's launching a book you know because they go on loads of podcasts Richard Branson went on a load of podcasts when he launched his book Sarah Blakely did and whilst they're big names you think yeah they're great they've been on everyone else's podcast yeah and you've got to pick a few of them because they're clearly box office mm. but then if you get these unique different guests that people haven't heard about then it just gives it it's that light and shade yeah it's great because if you know, if there's millions of new podcasts every year and there's competition for listenership, why would someone listen to your podcast? I'm now on 340th episode. Yeah, so you've been podcasting four years. Yeah. And we've been just over a year. Yeah. So, yeah. And now Americans have been doing it 10. Is it 10 years? Some Americans, wow. 10 yeah, years. Yeah, because this, this is an idea that you said was quite well established in America. Yeah. And people do it all the time. They go on each other's podcasts. I mm. love the idea. Like, I, I think mm. the idea of us doing something like with um, Fight Disciples or... Uh, yeah, we talked about be that, difficult because they're kind yeah. of sky and all that but um there are other really good podcasts out there mm. and what a great opportunity yeah because basically essentially we're all boxing fans mm. we'd all be sitting around talking about boxing and you, and and yeah you get the benefit of you draw listeners in from mm. from both mm. those areas i just think it's a great idea when you when you mention it rob it's uh yeah it's i think but podcasts are still very new in this country as well, yeah, aren't they? like you say like you talk to you go across the pond and in, in the states and stuff they're such a big thing yeah and they're so so recognized over there but i think where they're still we're still at the baby stages with podcasts in this country i think we just got in at the right time and um yeah i'd like to i'd like to sample into doing different things something that really like changed my perception of it um is there's a, a big american influencer called grant cardone he's mm -hmm. you know he's got a 10x brand he's 
Flies, flies a private jet. You know, he's doing really well. He's a big guy in America. And usually when guys like that come to the UK to do a couple of speaking gigs, what they do is they book a load of media. So yeah. TV, radio, TV, radio. Well, you get it. You, it's your world. He didn't do any TV or any radio. He just did a load of podcasts. Wow. And so the world is changing. Mm. And also, we had a good chat about this, Jake, didn't we? Like, when you do podcasts, you've hit this record button, and you're probably... In, we're going to stop it when we stop and yes. you're probably not going to edit it. And I don't edit any of mine. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when you're in media and TV, you're getting edited all the time. You don't know how you're going to come across, which you've got more experience of than I have. Mm. Um, people like that honest form where nothing's been taken out. Therefore, nothing's been twisted. Raw yeah. and uncut. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I think that that's what sort of, I mean, we've, we've let put a few podcasts out, haven't we, that are um, where we've messed up a lot. Well, so, well, and you know we get names wrong and so <laughs> it's not scripted and we don't want it like that we wanted we wanted it to be like 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 now three guys in a pub having a chat very relaxed and yet we've not studied we don't we, we don't study too much into it don't read too much into it just get a little bit of background on whoever we're with mm. and and just have a chat about I it yeah. right. i think it's one of the beauty and we spoke about that at your seminar rob and that was some of the questions about about how do, how I got started and what we you know what was it like when it began and I talked about that first episode that we did mm. where it was like really rough really not polished <laughs> at all was it? and then you go back and listen now it's uh, terrible but I think um, we're quite openly honest about it and 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 I think that's part of the joy as you say is like people come with you on that journey yeah. and hopefully like they've seen the, some development. Uh, over that time and they feel like they've been on that journey with you so it's uh you know i like that aspect of it yeah it's that uh, it's not only uninterrupted over one episode it's un uh, uninterrupted over the whole year we've been on so you can go back and listen to that and you can go and uh, yeah, listen for a year you know what i mean not, so I think, I'm, I'm not gonna go back and that. listen to my first episode <laughs> be rubbish. Yeah, you know what four years of yours yeah. right? yeah. if you go right back to uh, yeah. our first step and then you you, you can see as as our episodes go on each week you can see how the podcast becomes sort of more crisp it I, sort well, of grows on what we were doing and, and more refined yeah, yeah. The format what the yeah. idea because you, you, you sort of we're writing it we're producing it you're doing all those things but we didn't have a clue creative, did we? when control. we started we did like, no. we because we, we yeah, didn't but have, you started yeah well, yeah but yeah. we started we just like right let's have a little bit of fun with this we don't know where it's going to take us we don't know if we're going to do one it we don't know if we're going to do three eps we don't know if we're going to do 300 or 3000 we really didn't know we didn't have any any thought about it but as, as we started we doing it for a year didn't we Definitely. yeah we, yeah we said we'd do a year but i mean we didn't know he's going to get through the year i'm saying that, that was the point because yeah, we didn't yeah. know what we was doing but i think as as, it, as as it's been going on it's all like we, we've just sort of like yeah really really enjoyed it and it's all like some it's a bit of a release isn't it like jake comes from his world so he's acting all the time and he's doing you know he's he's doing every hour that god sends same for me in the boxing world i'm doing every hour that god sends and then you find this podcast when i come here sometimes i'm on way to jake's so i'm stressed out jake comes in and says spence you got to carry me through this one my head's gone on da, da, da. but when we get in that little box and we start Which chatting is very away, small by the way uh, yeah he's that very is, small yeah. <laughs> when we get in there you can just just it's professional isn't yeah, it? Look at that. it is yeah. But it's just a release. It's a you know you come out of this feeling revived. I do. I know. And we've talked about it so many times, haven't we? It's just something that because we get so much enjoyment out of doing it. It's just um, yeah. For yeah. me, it's just. It's, I think I think you have to uh, yeah. I think you have to enjoy the subject matter. Definitely, um, that pulls you through. Yeah, like, there are some people just doing podcasts because people are doing podcasts. Hey, I'll have a me too podcast. I don't think that's the the best thing to do. Yeah, you got to do it because you love it. And and be a subject that you're like passionate That's about. That's the thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that come that comes across, doesn't it? I think. Mm. 
Yeah. I think I always say this to all my audience. They help me as much as I help them because it's pure therapy for me. Mm. You know, I run decent sized businesses. I hire a lot of staff. I've got a lot of things going on, which I love, by the way. I'm not complaining. But like, I have to keep my gob shirt all day. Uh, like, you know, walk through the office, staff <laughs> pissing around, people not doing what they're supposed to, you know. Yeah, like all Rob, these, all Rob. these haters online and all this. Rob's coming, Rob's yeah, coming. Exactly. Yeah, look busy, look busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turn the screens around, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. get off social media. And, and like, you know, 15 years ago, I'd have gone, what are you fucking doing? What are you fucking doing? And I have to keep my gob shut because yeah, that's sure. what you want to do. You want to be smart. You, don't, you know, you don't want to be emotional. You want to control yourself. And then I turned the podcast machine on and I can just <laughs> let it all out pure therapy all, and you know often what I'm doing in the day becomes my content for the podcast yeah, yeah, and yeah. then it's my therapy to get it out there like you said if you've had a busy day and you're stressed and you yeah. sit down mm. and we're going to go out for dinner after and it's just kind of a nice thing so it's it's very um it's a personal medium isn't it you yeah, said yeah. it's very intimate yes you know people are walking around in the gym or yeah, in, yeah. in the car and mm -hmm. they've got you in their ears it's mm. very intimate yeah you're straight into the head aren't yeah. you straight into it's, the, it, straight it, between the ears yeah yeah and it's crazy like so we go up, i'm up and down the country quite a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm up and down the country quite a lot and it's amazing the amount of people that come up to you and actually listen to it even if we're at boxing yeah, shows or when you're out by surprise isn't it? yeah by and surprise. the last yeah. boxing show we went to the dylan white I would say 70% of those who were talking about the podcast. Yes, yeah, really? insane. Yeah, yeah it really yeah. is. Yeah. I mean, so. You used a great word there, therapy, because that's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. that. When you come out, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> we, what we it is. We don't even need to pay for it. It's just getting <laughs> it for free. Um, you touched on that, Rob, there. Do you, do you think your listeners have shaped your podcast and the, and the way in which you do and your direction that you're going in? Yeah. So I'm, pr I'm pretty close to all my followers in that I engage in on social media because, like I said, I've retired a few times. I don't have a... I don't work anywhere near as hard as you guys. And when you're working, you're out. Phone's off 12, 15 hours a day, whereas I'm always fiddling around on the phone and checking in with my audience. So um, I get loads of messages from them. I read them all. And I know what the problems they're going through. Um, and, you know, I know what they're trying to solve. So, yeah, but I'd say one in three podcast episodes are just something that I saw a, a fellow entrepreneur or someone who wants to be successful struggled with. And I thought, well, I figured that out a few mm. years ago. I'm not perfect, yeah. but I figured it out. And it goes into the episode. Mm. So, I mean, in business, we call that crowdsourcing, which is getting the ideas off everybody else. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, so, so I think listeners can feel very included in my podcast because a lot of the content comes from them. Yeah. And then a lot of it comes from the things I've solved every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I've got another podcast called money and I'm doing a, a little mini series, um, um, debt to zero because I was in 50 grand worth of debt when I started mm -hmm. zero to 100 grand 100 grand to 250 grand 250 grand 500 grand 500 grand to a million a million to five five to ten ten to twenty because that's the kind of journey that I've taken and right. so I can do those stages and they're all yeah. different and then when I made when I've made 50 I'll do to 50 and mm -hmm. then maybe I'll introduce interview someone who's gone up to a, to 100 so you, it's your journey that you're documenting yeah I think it's very important that you when, when you comment on things you've done it and you know it you know, obviously, mm. you're European champion, you've got a massive passion for boxing. Mm. I think that's important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I listened to uh, a couple of those episodes because I didn't know you did money. I know the disruptive entrepreneur, mm. Rob, and, and I did one of, the um, one of the episodes of that. I really, really enjoyed that. But um, yeah, I didn't know you did the, the money one. I listened to uh, a couple of those, I think. And yeah, really interesting. Right? Mm. That's, that's for people. Um, who haven't got their head around money that it's a good concept. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people have a really bad association with money. Uh, and then also, I want to change the school system. Not 
The school system is good in a lot of ways if you want to be a doctor, a dentist, a lawyer or whatever. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to have good money knowledge, you know, we were never taught to budget yeah. at school. Mm. You know, like, you know, and, and in the sports world, I bet you know loads of fighters who make loads of money and don't know what to do with it and spend it and well, they don't know how to manage it. Unfortunately, yeah, that's a, that's a sort of, um, I think with boxers, they, they get such an addictive personality because, yeah, but you know, because, education yeah, as well, they're just not educated. They're not educated as well. And then they... So they earn a lot of money and they spend a lot of money. Um, and unfortunately, for a lot of them, they, and they, they don't spend, know what they're spending. Yeah, and, yeah. Then they, and they end up in debt and all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I think it's about educating educating them, um, you know, on, on money control, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so good. No, I, was, I, was, I wrote a book called Money. Um, it's a big, big book, but it's basically just how to educate yourself around money. Mm. You know, no one's, no one's really talked about what taxation is, budgeting, saving, investing. No one's talked about investing. You're not talking about managing your emotions. Um, you know, you're not talking about dealing with rejection yeah. and overwhelm and all these things that happen in the real world. And, you, you know, I got a big shock when I got all that, those education in my 20s. So mm. I only listened to two or three episodes and yeah definitely learned something already i love the one about the talking about money as a concept mm. money's just like this this abstract sort of yeah. thing you know what i mean it's uh and when it, people it, say money is bad and money is good it's not bad or good yeah it just is yeah yeah sure. it's a universal exchange of value yeah what is bad and good about money is what one does with it so um you know there are billionaires who are giving it all away yeah and there are billionaires who are pretty greedy and screwing people over and killing people mm -hmm. but the money has nothing to do with it. Mm. So we tend to, um, money tends to exaggerate our own traits mm -hmm. and we use money how we would use anything else. So if you're a virtuous person who gives things away, you get money, you'll give it away. Yeah, yeah. If you're an addictive personality, the money will go on the addiction. So it just exaggerates what yeah, you, exaggerates what you your existing yeah, traits. Yeah, sure, sure. Interesting, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, just going back to that, that fans thing as well. So have you, have you done an episode with fans? Have you got fans on your show? Yeah. Do you do phone-ins? Do you get them in the studio? Do you do, how, how do you, how do you work it? Do you tried all that? Yeah. Um, I think as I sit here talking to you about it, I think I should do more of that, but we did, um, I tend to do that on the anniversary episodes, 50, 100, 150, 200, 250, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. one year, two year, three year, four years. So we've done a few small studio ones where I've had 50, 75 people sat in a studio oh, and I've great. done it yeah. and I've really enjoyed that I I like an audience because it's I kind of do a lot of public speaking in, mm. in, in my business so I, I, I feed off the audience um, I know you've got big plans for that as well yeah. um, I've done phone-ins uh, which have been quite fun actually I like ch being challenged off the cuff and not I don't want to come across like I've prepared the material and researched it obviously that has a place but I like to just show that I can just roll with it so yeah we've done that um, yeah, I'll try, I'll try any kind of yeah. episode because we've yeah. done how many uh, fans episodes have we done two? I think we've done two. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they were, were fun, I mean, they were they? really fun. Yeah. yeah, because I think that so what, they came on the show. They came on the show. So well, basically, they, they, over the phone, they, yeah, they all sort of tweet in, and mm. we pick sort of ten, fifteen of them, um, and they come on the phone and ask us whatever they like. And um, yeah, some of them have been hilarious and they've been really good. But I think it's really good to interact with your audience as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd like to do more of those. I think that the the fans apps have been have, have been good fun. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed them. And I think the enjoyment from them as well to be like that it's, it's like it's so I'm accessible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a real enjoyment. In oh, there. absolutely. Like, like a they're boxing fans like yeah. us, and and uh, yeah, we are so accessible. So mm. literally, someone can tweet mm. us, and uh, and if we do a fan one, then then yeah. they, they've got every chance of getting on the show. So yeah, yeah, yeah there's been a. Uh, Yes, delightful, isn't it? To I, hear their enthusiasm I when like really they're, they're enjoyed it. Up. Yeah.
Yeah, they're like, I can't believe I've been picked. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then they come on and just totally freeze. It's like, well, what do you want to ask? Uh, um, uh, uh. <laughs> I mean, we all listen to podcasts, and I think that's important. We have that knowledge that we are fans of other people's podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because there's about four or five top podcasts that I'd be exactly the same. If I got on that podcast, I'd mm. be the same. Sure. I'd be, yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, Rob, you do a bit of sparring, don't you? Boxing. Yeah, so let's go, go yeah, back but to, I've had yeah, a boxing. I've had some Jake was telling me about this. I was like, because <laughs> like, what happened was I said, to you look at me like Rob, I don't look like no, someone who's ever. No, spar. I said, does Rob does Rob do a bit of boxing? Is he done a bit of boxing? And he was like, yeah, he spars a little bit. I was like, all oh, right, so I'll I've ask had him a little bit. About I've had this. four sort of amateur fights, uh, but not boxing. It was kickboxing. Okay, um, so can you know continue? So like white, white collar, like so, like three rounds, three rounds each. You're backing off me. No, 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 not no. Like uh, kickboxing, kickboxing. Yeah, but fight. how many? How, what's the format? Three, like, three minute rounds. Three, three minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not easy. So, is it? Um, no, no, it's not easy. And what people don't realise is, even if you do all the pad work and you're fit as heck, what they don't realise is the adrenaline, the you know, the pressure of someone backing you into a corner. The I nervous spot, energy. Oh yeah, that, yeah, all of that. Like, gassing yourself out mm. straight away. Yeah, that adrenaline dump. Because I did a white collar about two and a half years ago, yeah. and after you, uh, we you did can three, never get it unless you're actually in a fight. It's crazy. You, you can't replicate yeah, it. That's yeah, the yeah. thing. So after after we did three, I did three two minute rounds. Yeah, and after two minutes. I felt like I couldn't fucking live and, my arms. And, and you know what? And well, we say it every it's time. Every, it, every yeah. time we do these, because we do like Boxing Bull of Style shows and whatnot for celebrity boxers and, and normal people to box mm. celebrities. So we like to bring everybody together and give them an experience of boxing. And it doesn't matter how fit they are. We always say, I always try and tell them, I say, listen, after that first bell goes, when you come back to the corner, your legs are going to yeah. be like jelly. Yeah. And still all the nervous energy that's taken away everything it's just like people don't realise when you, you say three, yeah, you can't three two minute rounds it's hard to understand think, isn't it well, I'm super super yeah. fit what do you mean three two minute rounds I'll fly through that but no, yeah so no it's way. a real hard thing to understand unless you actually do it and then obviously we we've come to do this podcast so the best thing that you could ever do Jake when he done this fighting Jake went through all the layers when I say all the layers I mean all the layers we put him in up against it, a guy that was bigger, a guy that was more experienced, mm. and everything. And Jake started brilliantly, and then just obviously um, the the tiredness, the, the fatigue started yeah. kicking in, and he had to go through them layers. He had to mm. pick himself off the floor. He had to like really. It's a test of character, isn't it? You yeah. you really do find out yeah a lot about yourself in those short six minutes. But that's one of the reasons. Uh, yeah, yeah, for, for that. But that's one of the reasons I love the sport. It, yeah. it, it, it's a, a some level like you've always said. It's like. How many percent mental? It's like it's like eighty percent mental, twenty percent physical. So it's like to say, Rob, myself, and you, we both train to do a twelve round fight. Now we're both training three times a day, six days a week. You can only get so fit, yeah. and then when you hit those penultimate rounds, ten, eleven, twelve, then it all becomes mental because we're both as fit as each other. So it's all about then the psychological battle of pushing yourself on, you know, the mindset, pushing yourself through that. And I think that that's, that's a really powerful thing because that, that, um, differentiates the challenger and the champion, the guy that can bite on his gum shield and push, really push on. And um, some people have got it and some people haven't. Yeah, as you, I think that's what divides champions and, and yeah. nearly, nearly rounds, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely a moment when I got knocked down in the third round. I, I, you went down? Yeah. Oh, he no, was down? Yeah, and twice. I, I remember, because we was in the corner, I remember looking at Jake and him looking, I'm thinking... Yeah, you ain't gonna get up, and you can see you. You have that, Jake. Don't you? Oh no, when it was you definitely, go, definitely. A, a you have that part moment. of my brain was going. I could just stay down here. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's all over. It's done. It's yeah, done. it's done. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Everyone can go and have a party and celebrate. And, yeah. and he just looked, and all of a sudden, I was like. 
how he's getting up. <laughs> oh my God. He's got up and I don't know how he got up and he got through it. And he, you had a draw, didn't you? You yeah, had a draw. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. good considering you got knocked down twice to get a draw. No, I, won, I won, definitely won the first two no, rounds. No, you won the first and then, two. And then got, but to get knocked down twice. Knocked down twice, you yeah. Get a draw. Oh, I was, yeah, I was just fatigued. Just yeah. really fatigued. So uh, Massive, massive. Uh, that told you a lot about about the person yeah. you know the the yeah the character of the person mm. and to me i was like i was so glad really that happened because it was like for him jake to go through that it was for me it was like wow mate you just experienced the ultimate now it doesn't matter if it's a 12 round or a three round yeah. round or a world title fight or a white qualifier they're exactly the same feelings and for you to pull yourself through through that mm. it was like pat yourself on the back mate because that is that is the ultimate gladiatorial thing yeah. and I, yeah I was, I was really proud of him I thought it was it was an amazing achievement oh cheers mate I think um, I mean I regularly used to do um, 10 rounds of sparring in a training session I had a couple of black belts in my mid-20s mm. that when I was an artist I didn't really have a lot of work to do I used to train a lot um, you don't really have the fear of getting knocked out when you're sparring you yeah. know that you're just going to keep it at a level but you know uh, Spencer obviously you know better than Jake and I but you, that fear added to you changes everything and it must mm. burn about a million extra calories mm. um, and also like you know when, when you're all just sort of sparring lightly you can dance around the ring but yeah you can what, take a breather can't yeah you, you that can was the thing I found in, in my fight is having to work when you're fucking exhausted mm. but yeah and, and the, and, and the, fire, is just, the yeah. fire is just pushing you into yeah, a corner yeah, and you can yeah, see yeah, he's yeah. positioning you and backing you and <laughs> yeah. you, you can't yeah, you, you can't haven't got the energy to dance around him well I think I think you got the added pressure of when you're sparring. If you get tired, you can turn and go. You know what? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm done. I'm done. 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 Whatever. And, yeah, it's, yeah, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. Adjust when your guard. Out. Time out. When yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. like six hundred of your mates watching you, <laughs> you can't do that. And it's like that added pressure. Mm. And you think like so. So when Jake like stepped up to the mark and said, "I want to do this," I was like, well, "Firstly, wow!" Because he's such a high-profile person. I was like, wow, that's added pressure straight away because that people is. are now looking at Jake Wood and he's boxing a guy called Adrian Pinder that's just a, just a, normal, just a guy. normal guy. So there's no pressure on this guy. This guy's like, I'm boxing Max Branning. For years, people have been asking me where I buy my watches. Many of you may know I'm a watch collector, I'm a watch investor, and those as an asset class have done me very well in the last 15 years. I have never shared where I source my watches from or my watch dealer until now. My watch dealer used to be a professional footballer for Manchester United and he formed a watch brand called Broadwalk and he sources the higher-end brands like Rolex, Audemars Piguet, Patek Philippe and Richard Mille. I trust him, I've used him for many years and recently we've done a partnership. Hence I'm inviting you if you want to start investing in watches and protect your money from the banks and inflation to check out Broadwalk. That's B-R-O-A-D-W-A-L-K and the website is broadwalkgroup.com. The email is sales at broadwalkgroup.com. And please don't share this, but his number is 07496-878153. Obviously only message him if you're serious about buying and investing in the higher-end watches. People have been asking me for years, and for the first time ever, you can get access to my watch team. I want to do Max yeah. so this guy's buzzing he's getting energy and he's taking it off Jay he's drinking energy yeah it's crazy mate but yeah it was, it was, it's, um, that's why I think we like doing the Boxing with the Stars shows because a lot of the celebrities box normal people and whatnot. there's added pressure on them so you've got to commend them for stepping up and doing what they do for charity but it's um, yeah it's just, it's just a fascinating sport boxing I think and yeah I think that 
so many people love it now for, for them reasons. It's definitely um, more exciting again, isn't it? We, yeah. Um, mm. I think um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of boxing, but probably not as diehard as both of you. And I always loved it with the sort of Ben Eubank era. I love Frank Bruno. I've got to know him quite well. He's become a bit of a friend, you know, and, and I loved it when there were, you know, the rivalries and the big names mm. that we all loved. And it seemed like we didn't have that for a while. And now it's like, seems like we've got them all at once again it's all yeah. exciting again. yeah we so often talk about yeah. those days and when we had danny dyer on the podcast um the end of last year and he talked about all that and it's quite a recurring theme in it because that was when boxing was free to, to free to air was itv when it was like you're getting you know mike tyson you know regularly getting 20 million yeah viewers yeah you bang ben that was like just the a lot less days. channels a lot less media yeah, yeah. i mean i'm 46 so that was a, yeah that was the era that i grew up with and i think that era made such an impression on people prince and the scene uh yeah. you know especially I mean, I think historically, as well. yeah, I think you look, historically you look through the sport of boxing and you had like the days of like Muhammad Ali and and, and um, big George Foreman, Ken Norton and all those guys and heavyweight boxing was like at its best. And then you had great fighters like Larry Holmes that come along who sort of ended Ali's career. But then Larry really lived in the shadow of Ali because they had this fantastic rivalry and then Larry didn't really have that so he didn't get the recognition and boxing went on a low and then it bounced back up with Mike Tyson come on the scene and then you had Lennox Lewis come on the scene then it went flat again with you know um, not so many good heavyweights but like right now it's not just the heavyweight boxing that's that's really buzzing which you know Anthony Joshua's obviously flying the flag but I think the Olympics 2012 done a big thing with women's boxing with Nicola Adams Katie Taylor and, and that, that that's really push boxing on to, to a new audience. But I think now, yeah, the boxing just seems to be right through the weights. Everyone seems to be so successful and it's um, going from strength to strength. I think it's become fashionable, mm. Robert, which is an, an insane thing to say because you think, right, hold on a minute, two guys punching each other in the face with a bit of leather on their fists and it's become really fashionable. Know, the atmosphere now is like... Yeah, yeah. but it, it goes through I those mean, layers, Jamie. women, would you say, were, were there probably 30% women now? Oh, yeah, I'd say, I'd 30, say 30%. 40%, but yeah. I think if you look in the boxing gyms now, not just in the boxing gyms, like personal training, I do the personal training and I train a lot of women. Like I think it's become really fashionable for women now, where they used to be like, oh, this is a gladiatorial sport, it's a man's sport and spit and blood and sawdust and all that. It's all changed now. It's become like, if, when we go to the big boxing shows, Nanny Joshua show, you look around ringside and it's all glammed up women and guys that don't really go to boxing. It's become like, yeah, really fashionable. And I think it's exciting times for the sport. Well, I think there's a lot more awareness around fitness now and a desire to be fit. Mm. And I think that obviously boxing, I mean, other than the only thing I've ever done that gets up there with boxing for fitness is hardcore rowing. But anything else, and I've done a lot of sports, anything else <laughs> doesn't horrible. get you. Yeah, that, Isn't that it, horrible? Yeah, oh, that is. Do you know, that, oh. like boxing, rowing, the, when, the, when the fatigue sets in, it sets in really quick. Yeah. It don't just like gradually come. One minute you're flying, the next minute you're done. And then in rowing, you've got to get faster and faster yeah, and faster. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. At least in boxing, you can cover and yeah. you know, all that kind yeah. of stuff. But yeah, it, it does. there's nothing else that gets you close to fitness than a, a few rounds of sparring. I mean, I wanted to talk about this, Jake, if you don't mind, because as a sort of little bit of an insider, but mostly an outsider, mm. looking at um, you know what makes boxing more popular, and, you know, there's some very technical fights that you guys probably really enjoy and a lot of your fans really enjoy, but maybe the mainstream public don't enjoy it so much because it's overly technical yeah. and there's not the big knockouts and the big rivalries. Um, but I actually think that UFC and other um, sports like that have been good for it because, 
UFC's got big. Then there's these cross divisional fights between like you know Mayweather and McGregor, of course, which Mayweather won pretty pretty easily. Um, do you think that's helped boxing? I'm not sure it's helped boxing. I think that it's obviously got a wider audience from it. Definitely, so um, that might help it. Yeah, I would one hundred percent. But I'm not sure that I'm not sure there's something that will continue to be done. I think that was maybe a one-off because McGregor was... Well, then there was a the kickboxer, was. wasn't there? There was that kickboxer he put down in one round. Yeah, but that was... Yeah. that so was a two-off. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but I think that that was... That was under the radar. It wasn't really televised. They didn't really do it. What They're I'm saying is doing it for pay-per-view yeah. payday, aren't they? Well, Mayweather probably got paid. And it, I know he I got, got nine, nine million. Nine million. Nine yeah. million yeah. So he probably yeah. got I mean, nine Tiger million. Woods and Phil Mickelson did that in a golf match mm. where they head-to-headed first time yeah. ever and they did a pay-per-view and got paid. Mm. So I, I don't know. I feel like, I know you say it might be a one-off, but that's. It, I wonder if I these think cross... De- I think the, the cross things definitely give boxing a wider audience. And I think that, that's what I'm saying. I think that, you know, if you look through, if you look through the sports centres now, you're going to your local called Leisure Centre and boxing's everywhere they're doing boxing everywhere and boxing just seems to be just seems to be growing mm. all the time and I, I think that different martial arts are wanting to want a part of that as well yeah and they're coming into it and and, and what you know will it ever go into anything else will they go like that you know you, you've mentioned UFC there and I think that they will continue those big fights will sort of still continue I think and I think we will get more down the road, but will that? I wonder if that'll ever cross over I mean, to in any other sport. You look at last year as well. We we got approached through Boxing with the Stars to promote uh, a fight last year, didn't we? KSI oh. versus mm. Joe Weller. I now, love now, I love innovative yeah. stuff like all. Yeah, this. now I just to think it's great. To, to us old fogies, sort of, we didn't have a clue who these kids were, but <laughs> we have a look, and they got like twenty million YouTube subscribers, and off the uh, scale, and yeah. they sell, you know, yeah. and they sold out the tickets, twelve thousand tickets in five minutes or something. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. So yeah, that was something that happened that last was, year. And then, yeah. then we had KSI, Logan Paul. Logan so, Paul. So we so were we involved did. in promoting yeah. that. And, oh, great. And, uh, yeah, set, set yeah 20,000 basically, basically put the show together for them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm just uh, but, thinking in but, terms of like the, the crossover, what you're talking about into thing, it's also coming from different like I YouTube think, stars yeah. coming to boxing, aren't that's they? That's what because I'm saying. I think in, that's, uh, that tells you how big the sport of boxing is becoming. Yeah. Because... These YouTube kids are getting mi- tens of millions of hits on different stuff they're doing. And all of a sudden now they've gone, hold on, boxing might be something we can do here. And they've done it. And it was ridiculous. I think that the, the the last show that we done with the Logan Paul one, they was expecting, um, like, after when they put all, all the different things that they've been advertising uh, on their channels and whatnot, they was expecting a million, um, one billion views. Wow. It's insane. Yeah. It's incredible. I can't like, even yeah. that as a number. No, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's, it's insane. But it's just, I think that just tells you how big the sport's becoming, mm. that everyone, you know, everyone's recognising that this is... Yes, worldwide. You know, you talk yeah. about whether the crossovers uh, are beneficial to boxing. And then, yeah, you can talk about that in the same... In the, You know, that's yeah. a debate that people have in within the boxing world at, at mm. the time. And some were for it and some were really against it. I it's, think, it's, yeah. uh, you know... The, the the question is whether that whether that brings more people to the sport and whether it sh- it shines a good light on the sport and it does it show the sport in its its full glory. I wouldn't necessarily argue that it does because the, the level of the boxing is 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 you know is amateur at best. Yeah, you know. But I think but that, I if, think if I you think, don't know what you're watching and nah. you're ten years old, or and whatever, if that you, starts you off, but also, yeah, yeah. also I think it's the yeah, inter- it could inspire you. I think what, it? What, yeah, I think that I think that it is beneficial for boxing because I think it is the entertainment value that we're looking at. Mm. We're not. So say like the YouTube kids and everything else are not trying to say, listen, we're world champions, we're yeah. whatever. They're just trying to, 
you know, they're, they're trying to dip their toe into, into the sport of boxing. But I think that people appreciate the entertainment level of whatever we do, whether it's our white collar boxing shows. Mm. I mean, come on, Jake, them shows that we've done, but every show that we've done, you think, right, we'll match him with him, him with him. They've never boxed before, but because they get in front of that audience, they fight their hearts out and you think, wow, it doesn't really matter at what level they're at. If they're both as good as each other, you're getting a great fight. Yeah. I came down to your, we, there, I brought about 50 people down to yeah. your Boxing with the Stars and I didn't really know what to expect, but it was it was great. Oh, I, the atmosphere is I off honestly off the thought wall, right? I'll, I'll enjoy the, the dinner and yeah. I won't be bothered about this kind of pretty amateurish boxing. Mm. boxing. Like, I didn't, I'm not a snob, but like, I, I probably came a bit with that. The boxing will just be there. But... It was great because yeah. it was obvious when a, a fight is mismatched. That's quite interesting. It's when one guy wants to n kill the other person and the other guy's yeah, a bit, yeah, yeah. and you feel sorry for the matchup. And then when the matchup's good, and then there was one fight where guys, two guys just sort of like didn't really touch each other yeah. for three rounds. I think they were mates or something. Yeah. And it was really different. And I can see like, even though it's a charity event, you've got to pair these people properly. You can't yeah. pair someone, re uh, you know, like a, a Rottweiler with someone who's just yeah, sure. It was, it was, it was interesting. Yeah, really interesting. And, and, and you're right. And, and you know what? We go into the dressing rooms because we go into the dressing rooms and say, right, we're doing this for charity, guys. So do yourselves a favor. We know you've all worked really hard, but if one of you gets on top of the other one, you see the other guy struggling a little bit, back off. Everyone's going, they yeah. never do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I was saying again, yeah, yeah. The yeah. bell goes and... It's the nerves again. They go, they go yeah. for it. And it's like, yeah, it might be a bit of nerves, adrenaline yeah. and all that. And, yeah, because you've got your family there, yeah. your, your missus. And they and don't all back that. off at all, no, do they? No. And I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's brilliant because at the end of it all, everyone's in the bar. We have the parties. We have, you know, good fun and we chat about it. And like even the guys that have been, you know, completely mismatched. Because you don't really know if they're going to be mismatched no. or not. You can, you know, we can only do our best to try and make them. So some shows you get them and they're all really even and you think brilliant. And in other shows you might get them and one guy's totally out of his depth. Mm. Because when you've matched them right, they've never none of them have boxed before, but one develops quicker than the other. Yeah. You can't do nothing about that. Yeah, that's that's right, the way yeah. it is. But you've it's always like, said as well, two donkeys make a yeah, great derby, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if none of them can fight, then you're in that's for a fight. That's quite a good fight yeah. as well, yeah. yeah, if, yeah they're, if they're both really I prefer amateur. that. I prefer that if, they, if none of them really have got any technical ability, you get a great yeah, fight. You get a yeah. massive you get yeah, a great yeah. fight. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll take me out the window. I'm getting like... excited. I'm going to do another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I wanted to talk to you a little bit, uh, Rob, as well, about like mindset and uh, mm. and the sport of boxing. Do you think there's any similarities between like sparring, training? Um, do you think there's any similarities between what you do in the business world and do you think they benefit each other? Yeah, definitely. There's, there's fear in everything we do. Um, and I think a lot of people assume that... Um, or they're trying to get rid of the fear. I, I mean, I don't care how many boxing fights you've had. I'm sure every fight still goes through the fear. Mm -hmm. um, and business people, when they're starting a business or they want to quit their job, and that's a risk because they're getting paid regularly, you know, they make an investment and they might lose it. So definitely how you handle and embrace fear mm -hmm. is very similar. Mm -hmm. And I think those that, it's not that they can get rid of the fear, but they learn how to control it, conquer mm -hmm. it, um, keep it quiet. Stay cool when it's there, a um, bit like those last few rounds. Absolutely, it's like what exactly what you're ex um, explaining there is exactly what a fighter has to go through. Like the fighters that deal with it and the fighters that go to the top have to have to have all those elements. Mm. They have to, do you know what I mean? They have to 
Do I have to do that? So, yeah, it's interesting. It was like Jake said to me that he was going to talk to you about this with the mindset and stuff. And, yeah, I find that a really fascinating subject. So mm. I think also, um, you know, like when you give up, Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people start a business uh, and then they, you know, they think that they're going to be rich in six months or a year and then they give it up and they haven't really tried hard. What's the difference between someone who keeps at it and go pushes through all the challenges and what's, and, and the person who, who gives up? Yeah. Um, usually it's um, desire. It's often actually, I don't know if it's the same in boxing, but I am... Um, I definitely have got a few unresolved issues from when I was a kid. Like I was overweight. I was bullied a bit. It wasn't the worst. I, it was in my head more than them actually doing it. Mm. But I, like I didn't, I, I didn't really feel like I fit, fit in and I didn't really feel like I, I got the attention that I um, wanted. And every day since then, I've been trying to feed that with, with it's buying nice cars or, you know, doing podcasts or helping people or making money or running a business or having a brand. It's like all of that feeds this, sort of overweight kid who was bullied. Um, and if you look at a lot of very successful business owners, a lot of them are immigrants who had it really hard in life, mm. um, almost to the point where it's like you, if, if almost the struggle that you've had in your life is what makes a success. Mm. So it's like these struggles create these voids you, you that you're trying to that, fill. You couldn't have that success without having gone through that, through that, that, that tough experience, you think, maybe? Well, what the, what the experience gives me is a need to fill a void. Because, mm -hmm. like, you know, I lost all my weight when I was 12, but I didn't lose what I thought everyone was saying about me, and I didn't lose that, you know, hating of being rejected and an and outing from the group. So ever since that day, I've wanted to prove myself and go, you know what, I'm worth something. And, you know, every million you make, it, it doesn't fill it. You think it's going to fill it. You think, oh, you know, now I've, now I've proved to the world I've, I'm worth something. Then it's the next level and the next mm -hmm. level. And it's just like a constant um, void you're trying to fill and, and it can end up becoming very empty. Fascinating though, sorry to interrupt no, you, right. that you're so self-aware of that because mm. most of those people that are like extremely successful, maybe there is that driver, maybe like in, in you know, in this sort of like, you know, in the middle of the night when no one else is looking, maybe they admit it to themselves mm. or maybe it's because, you know, of this or that or the, the tough times I had. But I don't know that many would speak so openly about it. Like you, you you're very self-aware about it and very, you you very honest and open about it. I'm not mm. sure how many of those successful guys would 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 pin it down like that. And I find that really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I don't really have anything to fear about being judged anymore. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing is I know so many people in my communities and you know the people that I teach and help. They all go through the same thing. And the best way I can help them is show them what I went through as well. I mean, and I've not gone through anywhere near the pain that a lot of people have in their life. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, it's not a sympathy vote, but we've all gone through our own struggles. But the struggles either knock you down and, um, you know, you, you walk away and do something easy or you, you try and look to seek this filling of this void. Mm. Um, and that's what I've tried to do. So it just creates that, that drive. Yeah, so just it's pushing you drive on. Is, and when you get to where you thought you was going to be satisfied with you you earn your first million you think well, that's not enough and yeah. you want to so yeah, that's i mean that's it must a, be similar in fighting a hundred percent yeah yeah a hundred percent you know you, you perceive that winning the championship mm. or getting the goal mm. is going to cure whatever the void is trying to fill sure but it never does yeah no, a hundred percent. I can think. I can think about that as well in terms of uh, in terms of acting. I've done lots of acting classes when I was growing up. I started acting professionally when I was ten years old, um, and I've worked with a lot of teachers over the years, drama teachers. And one of the last drama teachers I had was said that 
Um, and his whole take on it was that people are actors because they want them, their emotions to be acknowledged. Now, I'm not sure I'm 100% on board with that, but in a sense, yeah, if you, if, if, you, know, if you were ignored as a child, for example, so an, a, an actor would be, a gr would be the perfect job for you because, because you're being encouraged to pull up all these emotions and you're being celebrated for mm. it. You're being noticed and you're being celebrated for doing that yeah. thing that you were always told not to do or suppressed for. So I'm not sure I 100% go along with that. I don't think that's true of every actor, but I can certainly relate to that. It makes so, a lot of sense. So, so, yeah. so one thing leads mm. to the other, yeah. I think when we look at success, drive, hunger, relentlessness, you know, all those things we assume it's a one-sided equation of you know what we're trying to achieve what a lot of people don't realize is actually it's us reacting to what we haven't achieved so like I, I do a lot of public speaking and no one most people don't do public speaking for a career or, and, unless they want some kind of adulation from the audience mm. if you didn't really care about what the audience said, you're not going to bother getting on the stage so you're looking to fill your own void mm. of oh please love me sure. love me love me give me a standing ovation mm. so you, you're filling your own void so i guess you, you sort of said, Jake, that you felt I was self-aware about it. I think it's because um, I've learned to not hate myself about it. So I used to hate myself about the things about me that were I perceived to be wrong about me. Overweight, not good with other people, not in with the in crowd. Yeah, because everyone can relate to Everyone's got insecurities, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. But the there's a balanced upside to every downside so let's you know if, if you're very lonely well you're going to there's going to be something you're doing on your own that you're going to be bloody good at mm. if you have a need to be liked you're going to help a lot of people mm. if i didn't have a need to be liked i wouldn't want to help anyone i'd just be selfish you know doing mm, my own course. stuff so like these pains and voids we have they can actually be leveraged to drive us towards success like arnold schwarzenegger and people like that immigrants with a hard upbringing who came mm. to this country with nothing mm. And that's like, I want to prove myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you've had a pretty easy upbringing, you don't have that void, which mm -hmm. is why I'm careful with my kids not to try and give them everything. Because if it's too comfortable and they're too entitled, then, then you've got a couple of lazy kids who think that the world owes them a, you know, yeah, a favour. It's, it's mm -hmm. hard, that, and it's a bit to be it a It is hard. Yeah, it's hard. hard. It's And when, yeah. when, you had, when you had maybe a not such a good childhood, mm. you want to react with your void mm. by showering... Mm. Mm. you know praise and gifts and look after them mm. it's such a uh, an amazing and positive mindset that though rob and and uh i think that that is the key is to is to you know to to accept what you what you what your circumstances or what your situation has been however bad it is and you know, it doesn't matter where it is in relation to anyone else for you at that time it was a miserable time or whatever mm. um and to to acknowledge it that is you wouldn't be the person you are today and it goes for everyone if mm. it wasn't for what you went through so yeah so people can always I th I speak to a lot of people and they look back and they go oh, if only I had this if only I had that no you're the person you are yeah. because you didn't yeah, have anything because yeah. you had fuck all and because yeah. you struggled and all that you, you, it gives you that drive and yeah I think mm. you're right a lot of successful actors and, and people that I meet yeah so, you know sometimes they didn't have a lot, a lot and, they've, and they've gone through tough times and I think it's such an important lesson mm. that the, the the, an acceptance and a, it's almost like a celebration of what yeah. you what you are warts and all isn't it mm. because it brings you to the point where, yeah. where it's giving you that drive yeah I think you fundamentally have to have a belief in yourself that you've got areas of your personality that are valuable um I've done a, a lot of study on human behavior and from the, the stuff that mentors like John Demartini have taught me he believes everybody on the planet has a unique set of skills and okay some Society might not deem those skills as sporty or that are going to make you money, but everybody you meet has a set of skills in a certain area of life mm. that are genius-like mm. that you could never match. 
it, it just might not be recognized by mm. society or as a business opportunity yet. Mm. So I have that fundamental belief. So when you have that belief, you learn from everyone. You don't look down on them and you also don't look, overlook up to them. Mm. Just because Arnold Schwarzenegger is a great actor and a great bodybuilder, he might be terrible at admin. You know, he might be awful at yoga. He might sink when he swims. Shit, Ted Tillyworth. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> so, um, you know, so, what, so what, it, then you've just got to honour the fact that you've got them. Sure. You've got things about you that are great. And okay, they might not have been your initial plan, like mm. yours with, you know, when you had your um, really nasty injury, that bucked your plans. Mm. Stuff like that happens to people. But if you fundamentally believe there's things about you that make you great and unique and and you're valuable to society mm. and to people, and then you own, you got, you, like you own your weaknesses mm. as well. Like I'm pretty open about what I'm rubbish at because that's me. Mm. That's me, as much me as what I'm good at is. Yeah. Mm. And actually, generally, geniuses are so hyper good at one or two things sure. and terrible at everything else. Yeah, sure. So the fact that they're terrible at everything else makes their genius because if they divided their time between everything, they wouldn't be hyper good mm. at the thing they're a genius sure. at. Yeah. yeah. And that brings me to like mentors and, uh, and role models as well. And I think sometimes you have to, you have, to have a figure or someone in your life that, that will show you a whole range of different things and then give you and then and then open your mind to yeah there are possibilities there are mm. you know i could go in that direction or that or that and i think sometimes um you know younger generations so closed down aren't they in terms yeah. of what their opportunities are what what possibilities are i think sometimes it just takes that one person in their life doesn't it to show them that you know they could do this or that exactly yeah. as you say you know that they every they have got a unique skill but it's about finding that skill mm. uh, and so many people don't find it don't they that's the, mm. that's no. the thing they like i think, they, they I spend think a lot of life the, looking I, for it i think a lot of it. a lot of the young generation struggle with direction in life i think that's what that's that's a massive problem as well now um yeah trying to find that role model is is um it's a difficult thing i think i think it's um you know trying to find the person to look up to to give you that direction in life and, and follow certain aspects of life it's, it's not an easy thing no. i don't think it's an easy thing i think when you're young certainly i was a cocky little shit and i thought i knew everything um and so that is not the mindset of learning mm. from someone who's older and wiser than you sure. so a lot of it is your mindset you might get lucky you might have a, a you know rich mm. uncle or a very fit sporty family member to train you or whatever or you might not um i think the might is the mindset is um can i learn something from everyone i meet mm. and you know when i was 25 i just wanted to talk and i didn't think i could learn anything from anyone even though my life was a bit of a mess now i know i can learn something from everyone Absolutely. i've just got to care enough to listen and, and, and that and so anyone can be a mentor mm. i mean i've got mentors i pay a lot of money for i had james khan from dragon's den he, he, I, i've had mentorship from him mentorship from some big people who really helped me but really everyone's my mentor um if i care to ask good questions to learn about um you know what they know sure. and it's not i used to think it was a weakness that i don't know and you do yeah oh i don't know i must be thick but it's not a weakness because you know way more about boxing than me it's not mm. I, haven't, I haven't done it for as long as you you've sure. lived it for like quarter of a century you know so you should know more than me but maybe there's areas where i've lived it for Absolutely. a quarter of a century actually jake i'd love to ask um spencer about the mindset because obviously he had the mega injury I was going to touch talk, on it. Yeah, do you mind I, talking no, about I that? No, I was going to touch on it as you said that. So I think the, 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 the big problem for me was, so I was a kid that was like 20, just turned 23 years of age. I had the world at my feet. I just won the European title. Sky were, were, were behind me big time, um, pushing me forward. All the papers pushing me forward. Everyone loved me and defending my European title at the Albert Hall and then all of a sudden, bang, it's over. 
are gone. It's when he just turned 23 years of age. I wake up with like 98 staples in my head, not knowing what's going on, still thinking I'm at the Albert Hall. It's now two weeks later and, you know, I've got to then rebuild my life without boxing, which was all that I knew. I didn't do well at school. I left school when I was sort of 14 stroke 15 with no education, no, no, um, no exams behind me, no GCSEs. Um, so yeah, it was, a, it was a difficult and worrying time. And I had to, I had to find myself again, Rob, if I'm honest, I had to sort of, you know, um, yeah, I had to find some sort of direction in life and I had to sort of discipline myself all over again and sort of try and, I think it's very difficult if, um, you know, when the, when the chips are down and you're in a bad place, now mental health wasn't really around at that time. Um, back then it wasn't talked about and I think that when I look at it now I was in a terrible state you know I felt it took me three or four years to really find myself as I was drinking a lot just sort of went off the rails a little bit and then I just sort of found some sort of direction I think Sky TV was really good to me give me that you know give me that sort of um, give me that future still in the sport I wrote to them asked them if I could still be involved they were really good to me and I'm still working for them now 20 years later but mm. it was a really difficult time really get out of it what, with a, can you remember anything you did or any moments where you're like oh, I, I, I think I just looked at myself in the mirror one time when I remember the, the old boss of Sky pulled me in and he says Miss Spence you're not looking great you put on a bit of weight you know you need to pull yourself together a little bit and I was like yeah fair enough and then I thought, shit, Spence, what are you going to do here? Like, you've got to sort of pull yourself together. You've got to get out of this life that you're living and, you know, focus again. Mm. You know, get your head back in the book, start studying the sport of boxing, the sport that you love and try and find yourself again. And I think that's what that's what I had to do. And I just remember, yeah, I think it was just one time just looking in the mirror and saying, listen, where do you want to do yourself here? Yeah. Where do you want to go? You know, because it's like, it's, it's only me that can pull myself out of this. Yeah. No matter what anyone was telling me, everything, I think the problem that I was struggling with was why why me you know why did it happen to me I'm, but and that's what I was dealing with and I thought you know what one door shut but another one opens and I've got an opportunity here and I've got to run with it and I think that that's what sort mm. of sort of pulled me through I thought yeah you got to go with it take this with both hands and yeah I just had good people around me really I was, I was just very fortunate but I went through some very dark days and some troubled times and um I look back on it now and I think it made me the person that I am now. It's made me a strong person and yeah, I feel I feel that it was a it was a it was a horrible journey and a scary journey. But now when I look back on it, I think yeah, it was mm. um it was one that I'm glad I went on because it sort of made me who I am now. Mm. And it's um yeah, that's, that was it really. Mm. It was just Can I pick out a couple of things you said in yeah. there? Because I think that like that that was just some great messages. You said, you looked in the mirror, pretty much said, what am I going to do? You know, what am I going to do with my life? You asked the right question. Yeah. Um, we just talked about the youth and them not knowing what they want to do mm. or your ego. I think you just keep asking yourself, what do I want to do with my life? Yeah. If you keep asking yourself that question, I mean, you, Jake, you found it when you were 10. I found it when I was 25. You had to find it twice, yeah. Spencer. Um, but but that, if you that, keep asking that question, you find it in the end. Well, that, that, that moment there when I was looking in that mirror is like, I had two options. I knew I had two options. What do I want to do here? Because the door's still open here and I can still carve out a good career for myself or I can continue going down this road that I didn't like and it had no it had no end. It, you know, it was a dark fucking tunnel. It was horrible. And I thought, no, I don't want to be there. But Spencer's got to stop now. And that's just like all, all about power in the mind. I was like, no, I don't want to go there because it would have been easy. That was the easy option for me. Mm. And I thought, no, get, pick yourself back up, get dust off again. I think a big moment for me was when my, I met my partner, Nicola, that sort of pulled me through because we sat down, we looked through all the messages. Back in the day, people used to write you messages and I had some great messages from Liverpool Football Club and 
and loads of sporting heroes of mine, you know, and Barry McGuigan come to the hospital and he sort of give me a bit of energy and stuff. And I went through all these messages again. And I was like, because I was like, I remember crying when it was the second or third anniversary of my injury. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am. And we sort of had this good chat and I just sort of found direction again. Yeah, it was just, but I think it was just that, that thought of me going, I don't want to go down this horrible road. I've been down there and like, it started off as fun. And it ended up really dark and dingy and horrible. And it was like, I didn't enjoy it. So I'll just sort of snap myself out of it. It's just use that, that mindset that I used in a fight that said, you know, what do you want to do it? Like round 10, what do you want to do? Do you want to quit? Or do you want to push on? No, I want to push on. And it's like, you know, cause I'm not, I, that's not my character. I'm not, I'm not a queer. Um, and it was, you know, it was, it was, it was sort of like being in another fight, if I'm honest. And it was like, you're going down the wrong path, pull yourself together. Only you can do that, you know? And, and that's sort of, that's what I've done. And now that's all part of your story. Yeah. And that, that, that's probably going to inspire more people. Let's say, you know, you won a couple more titles, your career petered out in your mid to late 20s. Great, good story. But what's going to inspire people more now, you know, a couple of titles 20 odd years ago, or the fact that you nearly died and you pull yourself around yeah. inspires me a lot. Yeah, and, sure. You know, because that's not something I've been through and I, I've, I've had an easier life than you in that regard. I've had my own fair share of stuff but so that like you said that's all part of who you and who you are now and your story um and i remember when i heard that the first time and uh, i did quite a lot of research on it and i watched all mm. the films about it all that were out there i was yeah. like wow man that what it must have taken to get through that oh it was, it was a horrible time right i'm not gonna like, you must sit in knowing you there's strength in you that you wouldn't have had I'm, I'm without a doubt, but I didn't know that that was there until I sort of had to find it. And it was like, because the easy way out for me was going out, partying, drinking, having a good time, because it was shutting it off. Mm. But when I was going home and I was on my own, I was sitting there in this dark place, like crying, thinking, shit, what am I going to do with my life? And then I would see Rob and I'd see Jake and I'd go, all right, boys, and you think he's done really well, this kid, yeah. he's pulled himself out. But I was really in a dark place, but no one really knew that. Because no. my character was all bubbly and da 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 da. But when the door shut, it was horrible place but um yeah so it was just about yeah it's about find, finding myself again if mm. i'm honest and and sort of challenging that that energy that i had in the ring and trying to you know push it yeah. on to carve a career out of myself because it was like what are you going to do you're going to become a complete loser and end up on a park bench or you've got an opportunity to run with it again that's what i've done i think one thing that's much better about the world we live in now is it's getting more and more okay to ask for help so my, I've never had it then. No. That was the point. That I was mean, mental I health saying. and struggling, especially for a man, you know, when you were in your 20s, was just like the biggest no-no ever. I mean, my dad's, what, 75 now. He's had some mental health issues with bipolar, same stuff that Frank mm. Bruno has. And, um, you know, he's just he, he never could have said, I'm struggling, I've got a problem. You know what the answer was that I used to get off everyone? And this was the thing that made me worse than I ever could be and this was with people that were close to me and everything it was like no one would listen and all I wanted to do was someone to listen because every time I was speaking I'd say listen Robert like you know it's, it's, it's tough here and, they, and so everyone that was close to me would say this is what they say do you know what look you're lucky mate look it could have been a lot worse look you, you're healthy and all that and I was like you're not fucking listening yeah. because I'm not lucky because like my life's been ripped apart and all right okay I've come out and I'm 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 healthy, but the, the inside and in my head's like totally messed up because I'm a kid that is going into the Royal Albert Hall, and then I wake up with them being told it's done, and I'm still young, and I'm I'm you know I'm naive to life really, and it was like like no one would really listen. I think that Nicola was the first person that ever did when I sat down, I just chatted to her, and she didn't tell me 
anything. She just listened. Yeah. And I think that, that was like someone just lifted a big weight off my shoulders. I think that was the first step to me recovering. Really. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, but it's powerful. It's really powerful stuff. It's, it's very easy. But mental health wasn't talked about. Like now, yeah. you could turn around and if you said, "Listen, I'm struggling," people would listen, mm. and that's all I wanted. Yeah. But back in the day, they didn't. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, I, you know, I'll never I get mean, tired you know, of hearing that story. Much, Spen- you know the story, don't yeah, you? So we've Spencer's talked about uh, it many times. Mm. Yeah. Spencer's a great mate of mine, and uh, yeah, I think, I think you're right. He's uniquely placed, you know, like not, not only in life story, you know, in the, in the boxing world, yeah. in the story he's got, the experience he's got, but in life as well, as you say, like that. that who, who the fuck goes for that experience? And mm. He's in a coma for two weeks and wakes up and doesn't know what's going on. So. Mm. Um, uh, yeah it's very hard to m- imagine what that would be like but yeah I'm always fascinated to hear that story I'm, it's yeah, like it's uh, stuff, as man, you say it's, it's like, like another fight isn't it uh, oh, but I think it would be the biggest fight of my life yeah trying to find myself again I think that was that was harder than any title I'd won and you know that was harder than anything I'd ever done was just trying to find yourself again but I suppose the story is the moral to the story is that you can do it you can find yourself mm. I think there's in, in, in everyone I mean, you just got to find it and I think that I think only you yourself can do that, you know? I think that's an important thing. Yeah. I think what inspires me is, one, you pulled yourself out of a very dark place, which maybe some people would perceive would be really hard. Um, And it gives people faith that if they're going through struggles, they can go, they can Mm. get themselves better. The next thing is most of us haven't had that. So I actually, I feel quite emotional when I hear you say it. One, because I've put myself in that picture. Would I be able to have the same strength that you did? How would I handle it? But also I feel bloody grateful. I mean, sometimes we go through our whole life bitching and moaning about the stupid little problems and people who kick off over parking spaces and, mm-hmm. you know, on the motorway, all this road rage and, you know, bitching, moaning, complaining about everyone on social media and all this trolling and hating when we've got so much to be grateful for. You know what I was grateful for? This was the first thing I was ever grateful for that I just took for granted was the simple things in life, like being able to get up and walk to the toilet. Do you know how grateful I was to be able to do that? Because I, I couldn't walk for a little while. And I was like, it's, it sounds insane. And like the first time I walked back up the stairs, I thought, fucking how good is this? <laughs> and it's the simple things in life. And like you say, people are bitching about car parking spaces and this and that. And, and they've got these... Really immaterial, small problems. You think, do you know how many people would love to no, be out of water? It's true, it's true really. Like, you, you don't know, yeah, you don't appreciate what you've got until it's gone. Absolutely. Yeah. If you ever had the shits for like a week, yeah, and then like, and then finally you can eat something and hold it down, it's like, yeah. oh my, it's like <laughs> yeah. the best thing in the That's world. That's a random right? example, too. No, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, I, I know exactly what you mean. So, my was, and then you can eat and keep it down. You're like, oh my, this is like, honestly, I've got a bit of dry toast. You're like, this is it, I'm living. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, you know, I'm back. I'm looking at this door. Like where where Jake's door is here, right? <laughs> it's literally fifteen meters from where we're sitting. So that was where the toilet <laughs> that's was. Probably not just three meters. Yeah, no, but I'm saying my where oh, my right. toilet was like fifteen meters. And I'm yeah. looking at it and I'm going, I want to walk to that toilet, man. Like unaided, yeah. you know, without a zimmer frame, without someone carrying me. I'm gonna. Get, I want that's. And I thought, fucking, I'm running marathons and boxing twelve round fights. Now my dream is to walk to the toilet. Mm. And I think it made me appreciate the simple things in life and what we've got, and like taking things for granted that we all do every single day. And when you get something like that that's nearly taken away from you, I think that yeah, I appreciated life to the max, man. Mm. And I think that that's where I sort of pulled myself back round, just thinking about those sort of yeah. things. Do you think that's? I mean, because you're really bubbly, mm. uh, and for people who don't know you, you're bubbly and got a lot of energy, and you're always happy. Well, you seem it. Were you like that before the injury, or has it made you more so? I, I think made me more so. I think that I just live for the day, yeah. and I think that you know I was given what not a lot of people are. 
um, I was given a second bite of the cherry. Mm. I was given my health back. Look, when people have gone through what I've been through, you know, we look talk the likes of um, Bradley Stone, who unfortunately didn't make it. Michael Watson, who unfortunately is not in a great place, but you, you know, he, he you know he's not got his full health back. Um, and many more boxers, you know, past and present. And when I, I come out of it and I think, well, I can't do anything that I couldn't do before. Listen, I'm I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a religious nut, but I know somebody up there was with me that day and give me a second bite of the cherry. Now, if you get a second bite of the cherry, mate, you've got to be bubbly. <laughs> you got to live, yeah. you got to live it, mate. Because um, yeah, I, I I was very 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 lucky, and I I thought sort of. Yeah, I appreciate that. Mm. It's fascinating as well. You, you, you mentioned uh, Michael Watson there, and you, but you're still passionate about the sport. Absolutely, like love the sport, and you, you could, mm. you, and, and actually having just listening to you talk there, and, and everyone that I've thought of, like Michael Watson, and people that have, um, you know, have had injuries in the ring that I can think of that I've met. They're still passionate about the sport. It's, Absolutely, it's, it's such a weird sort of uh, yeah. thing, isn't it? You would have thought. Probably the opposite. If you thought, all oh, right, they've had a horrific accident mm. in the ring, well then, fuck, I don't want anything to do with boxing. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's like, funny. That, 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 you know, but, but all of those guys are still... Really passionate about it. Like passionate Michael about it, yeah. loves the sport of boxing. Yeah. And it's funny you ask that, Jake, because a lot of people have asked that question. Like, you know, what, what are you doing still involved mm. in the sport that nearly took your life? I go, but yeah, but on this flip the coin... It gave me my life. It made me, you know, I, I, I've lived so many good years through boxing and I still live good years through boxing. Boxing still gives me my life. Boxing is my mm. life. And I think Michael was the same. Michael Michael would say, you know what? I love the sport of boxing. Mm. It made me who I am today. Yes, all right, I got injured. And, and you know, maybe I can't, I'm not capable of doing some of the things that normal people are. But, you know, he still inspires to do that. He gives him the well, chase. He's done the marathon he done stuff like that and he's still, you know, you speak to him and the guy's there, he's switched on. We go, um, we go back to what Rob was saying earlier, that all the all the bad things that happen that make you, is part of the whole, isn't it? So yeah. so that's like an extreme example. Yeah, sure. But is a, is, is goes exactly back to what Rob was, was saying earlier. Yeah. It was fascinating. Yeah. Yes, it was fascinating stuff. Mm. But I think, yeah, anybody you speak to that has been injured in the ring, um, or whatever, yeah. I've never heard of anyone that's actually turned their back on the sport. No, I think if anything, they yeah. love it more. In fact, I didn't realise that until I heard you talking there. Yeah, I well, like... I think with me, I think I when it was taken away from me, the fire still burned inside me. So I still want to. So I live most of your life doing. Yeah, it. that's. So I've still got that. You knew that, the risks. When people guess. talk to me about when I'm commentating, they go, "Fucking hell, you sound passionate on there. You're screaming down the microphone <laughs> and this and that." And I'm sort of half in the ring. I say, "Yeah," because. I still think like a fighter. My it still burns in my belly. I still love the sport. Listen, I I went before my injury. I I, went, I got injured at the top of the game, so it's still there, and I still got that desire and that passion for the sport. I don't think that will ever leave me, if I'm honest. But I've also been given the second bite of the cherry, the second chance at life. So I'll take that, man. Yeah, thanks. Can I not, not, chuck a sorry, question yeah, on yes. you? I was just going to quickly mention right. Andy Murray. I know, you go back to it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, not, it's not exactly on the same level, but it's slightly different. But you see his reaction now to yeah. the, the injury, hip injury, may never play again. Mm. And he, 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 all the interviews I've seen, it looks like he feels it's been ripped away from him. Yeah. And uh, similar sort of. Yeah, similar. did you see the passion that he had? Did you see the passion yeah. on him today? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, Incredible, they're, and it's that same thing of having a desire to do something, to want to do it. Mm. So that's that's your direction in life, and everything you've ever trained for. Yeah. And suddenly, it's been ripped away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's not great, quite it's, the same situation. Yeah, but, but I know what you but, mean. But it's very difficult to when it comes to an end to accept. Yeah, and I think that that's where. Mm. Yeah, that's where people then need to find that direction, and that's where I didn't find that direction for three or four years. Like I was talking about, I was going down that path, 
I thought, Spence, you've got to get that discipline back that got you to where you got. And I think that's what I had to do. I had to go sort of go go right back yeah. to find that discipline again because it's easy to forget about it. So, yeah, I work with a lot of people who have had big careers and then it's all over. Mm. And what do they do? Mm. How do they transition? I always teach people you need multiple streams of income. I always teach people you need to be thinking about what, how you're going to transition your career. Like, what, 50 years ago, everyone had one career and that was done. Mm. And now we live longer and the world is different and media is all fragmented um you can own your own personal brand you can have your own tv channel like you know ksi and logan paul they, they basically have media companies um and you could have four or five different careers in your life and i think you've got to learn to be uh, flexible and you've got to have a plan for mm. if you get punched in the face yeah. to give the um was it tyson yeah. said you can have a plan until you get punched yeah. in the face yeah um so it, uh, do you see that a lot in sports where some people like you transition well and get into the commentary and make carry on the career, but then others get lost? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Big time. That's, that's exactly what I was talking about. It's sort of, you know, a lot of them get lost. 90% of them get lost, yeah. maybe. There's nothing you wrong know. with a boxer also learning how to manage their money and thinking about an alternative career. It's just about finding, finding direction. Yeah. One, one, like, and like you're talking about there, Robin, I think this might even go with you know with what you do as well is that you need to find direction because like you say you, someone might have five careers in their life when one's finished you've got to find direction for the other one i think it's that it's that finding direction i think that's what needs to be channeled into people's mm. minds i think that's what people struggle with they don't know the direction but they don't know that they're looking for it maybe yeah do you know what I mean? They don't know that, you know, they're just like lost souls and they think, well, what do I do? So you look for the easy route, yeah. whatever that may be. So you run, you lose all your money. What do they do? Oh, I've lost all my money, so I'm just going to end up in the pub and that's mm. it. Well, no, you've got to pick yourself up and get on with it and find that direction and that discipline that took you, that you that drive that you had when you got that. You've got to find that again. But a lot of people struggle with that. Why do they struggle to find it again? Well, I think one thing is, you know, if you're a boxer, you're a boxer, you're probably not much else. You probably mm. don't feel like you've got a great education or you feel like you'd have another career. Mm. So maybe they're just not thinking in that capacity. I mean, I am, I've, I spent a lot of time with Frank, Frank Bruno, and I interviewed him for my podcast. And I always figured that the Panto stuff and all of that, you know, the cool stuff he did sort of after his career was just sort of because everyone loved Frank. Mm. But um, I can't remember at the time, but his managers, they would have been famous, you'd know him, but he sat him down when he was 19 and he said, you've got to work out what you're doing at the Terry end of your Lawrence, career. I think yeah, it was. might yeah, have been Terry him. Lawrence, Mickey Duff. And yeah, so and they sat him down and they said, you've got to have a plan. Mm. And, you know, you, 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 you've got to be careful. You can't just rely on this. And, and it was very strategic, him doing all the Panto. And he leveraged all the opportunity of like the media loving him. Uh, and now he's he gets paid for his keynote speeches, so get you know a decent amount of money to go and do some of the the talks, and he's figured a way round, mm. and 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 had a second or even third career. Mm. And I just I just think you know like you think what he's been through as well, like to get to this stage, you know, with the mental health stuff mm. side of things, and you know Frank had it. It's not. It's not no secret. It's well documented that he had it difficult. He had it very difficult. You know, he hit rock bottom, um, and he pulled himself out, and he and he's carved a like you say a career for himself again now, and doing really well. I mean, that takes some strength. That yeah. really does, because Frank really did hit rock bottom. Mm. You know, when it was when it was low, it was really low. Yeah. Mind you, I think it's very specific um, what you're talking about there, Robin. I think it's like. Um, you know, career past an elite sport, you know, elite sportsman, you know, footballers have it. They're, they're a long time retired, aren't they? Yeah. You look at Andy Murray, he's, he's obviously 
going through it or he's, he's had that shock where it doesn't look it's, like it's going to continue so but I mean yeah, even I if think, he didn't get that injury he'd have to retire in three years anyway exactly yeah, yeah, well. yeah. And, I th- I, and, I, and I think that's uh, yeah that's a fascinating subject and so, uh, I think you're right I think some people deal with it very well and I think others not you know I think yeah. sometimes there's that huge hole you look at Paul Gascoigne for example like huge hole in, in, his, yeah. in his life you know loves playing football and, and, and obviously it feels like there's nothing else to fill that mm. gap you know apart mm. from drinking drugs so um, yes it's, it's, I think it's about getting education so like 50 years ago it was bloody hard but now you can list a podcast you can list a business podcast you know whatever podcast you want mm. you can go and list audio books now mm. so you don't even have to be able to read I mean, you know, I know there's still a lot of people in the country that can't read that well. So you list to audiobooks and you get education. And you realise, okay, I've got to take control of my money. I've got to learn how to invest my money. A lot of people think when they get their paycheck, they get their paycheck. So I um, asked um, Aston, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Aston Merigold. And he said, when you, when you get paid a million, you don't get a fucking million. Because mm. everyone else takes their cut off it. Yeah, of course. And you might get 150 grand. And yeah. Dom Jolly got 6% of Trigger Happy TV. He got 6% of worldwide wow. revenue. Because these guys at that time, they're not savvy about that thing because they're doing their piece of art or their piece mm. of sport mm. or their piece of celebrity. So I guess a me- message I'd like to share to everyone is take control of your own education, learn how to run your own enterprise. Even if your enterprise is you, the brand of Jake or the brand of Spencer, if you're a successful sports person or you're a great artist, at least own your own brand. I, like, I, I own my books. I own all my own assets. And that's really important. Mm. But, but if you're into one thing so big, like a sport, you're often, you just don't know how to transition beyond it. Mm. Yeah. And then there are those that do, mm. that really leverage, like Greg Norman, obviously sure. a really famous golfer, mega businessman, like, you know, hundreds of millions, got a great business empire. Arnold Palmer, Jack Nicholas, both really good businessmen, made a load of money. Um, I think everyone would assume that like, people like Rory McIlroy and the big golfers were like, two, three and four in wealth behind Tiger Woods. Mm. But actually it was all these old guys who did mm. course design, um, you know, and they created a, a brand and they created merchandise yeah. and clothing. Greg Norman's got his own clothing line. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm passionate about business and I get that not everyone is. Um, but I think you've got to plan ahead. Mm. Yeah. Do you ever talk yeah, totally about the commercial good. side? You know, like, obviously you both do what you love, but do you ever talk about, <laughs> you know, like the fact that it's a commercial reality, you've got to pay the bills, it's a business. Do you ever go into that side of it? I don't think we're really touching it much, have we? What, with the podcast, you mean? Or oh, just to do have people ever? Do you ever have these conversations? Um, yeah, we talk about monetizing the the podcast. We talk yeah. about that. Uh, we've got two producers as well. So my <laughs> my agent, bless you, my agent Alex is uh, one of the producers, and his brother sort of came up with the idea of the podcast and sort of his the, the you know idea behind it. So it's four of us in the podcast. We're all producing it. Yeah, we talk about it, and, and um, mm. yeah, I suppose there are different models as well in it in terms of what the Americans are doing and how they're making it work. We talked about Joe Rogan, Rob, didn't we? And, and, uh, 50 million a year, apparently, is bringing in from his podcast. Unbelievable. I just wow. think that's awesome. I know a lot of how people many, How many years that. has he been doing that? <laughs> um, I guess seven or eight. Three... <laughs> 3.1 billion downloads. That's all right. We've only got six years to go. Yeah. <laughs> and 3.009 billion downloads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3.1 billion downloads. But what a great advert for life that you can sit mm. with. A, this costs 200 quid, probably, this Zoom H4 or 5 or whatever it is, and a couple of mics and some friends, and just have fun and put yeah. the world to rights. Yeah. And, and that's a thing now. YouTubing is a thing. Podcasting is a thing. These, you know, these legitimate businesses. There's this um, seven-year-old kid who um, 
takes out toys and builds them and talks about them. And it's obviously puppet strung by his dad or something, but it's something like 15 million quid in revenue mm. wow. from a seven-year-old kid like playing with toys on YouTube. It's incredible. I just think that that's exciting. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the, Except yeah, for like, the older guys like us, <laughs> who are a bit, maybe a bit past it. No, I think you're right, Rob. The, the world has changed. And I think, yeah, I, I, you know, a lot of people are frightened by it, aren't they? Or scared by it. You know, it's moving so quickly. But yeah, I think, again, that's like, it comes down to mindset. If you look at it as an opportunity and uh, an exciting new kind of, you know, we're on the cusp of something and all that. We, we went to the British Podcast Awards, didn't we? Mm. We, we saw you there. And, yeah. and, and I don't know if you, you felt presented, the same, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we presented a, uh, an award there. But mm. I, I really felt like in that room was, it was such an exciting it was, it was like the Beatles when they played a gig at a pub or something <laughs> I've, got, like that. Yeah. I've got to tell you Rob it was, it it was like a new world part right? of a community yeah. that were on the cusp of, of something that was going to develop and push forward and, and it was a new world that was, we'd entered was, and we really said was. wow there's a whole world out there that we didn't know about it was like going to another planet yeah. it was just like it was insane <laughs> and we went into the room I think it's, is that the first time we met you yeah yeah um, we went we, I'd interviewed Jake yeah, on that's the yeah it's the first time I'd met you wasn't it so we got in this room and I I just looked around, I was like, wow. I just like, it was just, yeah, it blew me away, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, it was all part of this journey with this podcast. And I was like, that was the first real yeah. eye opener for me. So because, it's, it's, yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no, I was just saying it was the first real eye opener for me because I didn't know that world existed. Mm. And we walked in that room and there was all these different people doing different podcasts talking about this. It was just, yeah, it was just fascinating, if I'm honest. Yeah, and I, I talked about it at your, your seminar, Rob, the fact that still now, mostly, I talk about the podcast and what we're doing uh, and podcasts in general, and people don't know you what have a to podcast show the app, is. Don't yeah, you have to yeah, get phone say, yeah. And they say, well, where do I get it? I say, have you got an yeah. iPhone? They say, yeah. And I go, right, give it here, press that little that button. See that button there, that little purple button? Yeah. That's your podcast. And they press well, we, it. And they we go, were wow. all that two, three, five know, years ago. Crazy. Yeah. But they, they go, wow. And I go, yeah, yeah you can look anything. What are you into? You know, and it's sort of a. Yeah, do it World, time. Everyone, everyone knows about our podcast and it's like amazing some of my a good mate of mine Jamie said to me just the other week he said oh, I said oh yeah we've done we've done brilliant one with Danny Dyer the other day and he went oh. he said you know what I really how do you listen to them podcasts I went you got your podcast up same thing he same went yeah thing, but he yeah. went fucking hell that's easy I went mm. well, no. <laughs> yeah. but no, it's just like yeah people knowing about it so yeah people knowing about that little podcast app on their phone or yeah. Whatever, yes. Um, I think it's just going to continue growing. Yeah. I really do because it's something. When you get into it, it's a it's a fascinating world, and and yeah, it's great. Yeah, and I was really energised by the people that I met at the at the seminar, Rob. Mm. In, in terms of like, because they're people who are either they've, they've started a podcast, haven't they, or people mm. wanting to start a podcast, and, and and the kind of yeah, it's just for me, it was a real education as well, like to yeah. be around people that were so passionate about it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's um, and yeah, some of the questions were like real. Yeah, it made me think. I was on the driving on the way home. I was like, yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, there were quite a few ideas actually, weren't there? Because um, I, the two guest thing. So obviously, mm. there's two, sorry, two host thing. So, I, I, I just thought it'd be really hard to do two people, uh, and now we've done three. Mm. And mm. like, yeah, I've that was one of the questions. Uh, would you would you have done it on your own? And I said, I yeah. said, I don't know. I said, like, I really like the fact that, like, yeah, I, I do. I think- there that, that like I've had it. You know, it was quite saying that over the time of the year like I've had a dip found it hard mm. to get motivated and I know you've had the same and yeah. I think we pulled each other through and I think if you were doing it on your own it'd be hard to push if you had those kind sitting of like, in one room because I used to do this before I got it more interactive into my life so mm. I'll often do a live video while I'm doing the podcast or an interview but in the early days mm. just go up in my room a bit like this mm. and just sit in looking at a wall because that's where you put your mic yeah talking to the freaking wall for like 30 <laughs> minutes it's <laughs> not the same thing hey Rob this one for you did you ever get that low? 
like, did you ever hit that? Like Jake, Jake mentioned there through the year. I've had a pull. Yeah, Jake, Jake out for you. How many yeah, episodes have you done, Rob? Nearly so three fifty. Jake's pulled me like, through, and I've pulled him through. I think fifty-eight. Yeah, yeah so I've we've both had, had them lows. Yeah, I've had a couple of moments. I think if I was on my own, had you not pulled me through, I think I would have gone. Fuck it, I'm done. Probably the same. Yeah, Probably the same. Yeah, after about six months. It's yeah, sort of, I tell you yeah, what stops yeah. you saying that though, because I think you might have said that, but when you see all the people who want the episodes mm. and would be upset if it wasn't live, yeah, sure. so a couple of times when I've felt a bit like, for me, it's not. I love what I do. For me, it's do I feel a bit dry of content? Yeah. Because like you guys, I love your concept and I want to make mine a little bit more like that to a degree where um, you can just chat sure. um, and natural stuff comes out a bit. Um, but for mine, I've, I feel like I've got to deliver some information, five ways to do this, seven ways to do this, nine ways to do this all the time. It's got to be, mm. I've got to inform and educate people. And you do that for two years, you just feel like you've had six pints of blood taken yeah, out. What sure. more have I got to give in terms of information? But then I get more feedback from the community. And so I, it's the feedback that keeps you going. Yeah, basically. yeah. See, because I, even yeah. though we're doing this in here, we know this is going to be engaging with tens, hundreds of thousands of people. Mm. So, yes, okay, we're pre-recording it, but there's going to be a loop yeah, of between um, you know, us and the audience. Sorry, I had to pop out there. That's we're right. going for dinner after, and I yeah. realised we've invited um, Mr. Ricky Wilde to come and join us. He does all the music for our podcast. Cool. And I was just texting him there to say we're running a little bit late. Jake, I'm um, sorry, um, Spencer looked a bit worried when you left. You can tell you've never done a podcast without him. Yeah, no, where's my right arm gone? Yeah. Oh, shit, I've lost my right arm. Yeah, no, good. Were you feeling demotivated, yeah? No, 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 no I'm good, mate, I'm good. It's been a fascinating podcast, if I'm honest. I think we've, um, we've, covered, we've covered a lot of stuff. And um, when Jake mentioned about this, he was saying we was going to do this crossover thing with Rob and everything, I, I was like, Wow, how's that going to work? Because we've obviously this is the first time we've we've mm. all tried it. Um, wasn't sure how it was going to work. We're from two totally different worlds, mm. you know. Um, and I just think it's just gelled really well. And I think it's been, I think it's been great. I think it's been a yeah, it's been a fascinating podcast. Probably yeah, Rob's, Rob's one of the man. Best. Rob's, Rob's always Rob's always thinking and and mm. uh, well, you said that didn't you? Because I was yeah, saying to you about ways to 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 grow and I, find different audiences. Yeah, and, I, yeah when Jake mentioned uh, it, I was like. Well, I don't know how it's going to work, Jake, because we mm. were sports podcast. Rob's, you know, doing his stuff. And I don't know how they're going to gel together. How do we find it? And Jake was like, and I think I worked it out. We was, before we even started, I said, right, Jake, do you know like, how are we going to go? Like, how are we, how we going to do it? Like, so normally you sort of plan out, you know, how the beginning, the middle and the end. And I was unsure of it, but it's sort of, as it's unfolded here, I was just like, I've been... Really pleasantly surprised. I think it's worked really well. And Rob was I saying as well, in America, they like very successful podcasts. Apparently, they sell. Uh, you can sell a like a little spot on your podcast. So like you sell half an hour airtime of your podcast. Like you say, all right now, you know we've got the guys from whatever fight this up was coming down. They're going to do like half an hour, and they'll sell that. They'll sell yeah. that half an hour spot. So if your they? show goes out say Monday, yeah, they'll you know you'll pay them money, and they'll just um, promote your show on the Wednesday and just post it as an episode. Wow. Um, so yeah. anyone want to buy a little half <laughs> <house? laughs> yeah. yeah won't be much but just going back to and I, and I probably missed a little bit of the chat because I popped out of the room to get my phone um, uh, that thing about being demotivated and and and, and uh, you're finding like a struggle to carry on I think that's why it's so important to engage with the listeners yes. and like we, we engage with them to not Twitter feel alone Instagram. Yeah. yeah and to get that feedback yes. and uh, yeah. you know you to feel like you are part of the community yeah. and you are part of uh, 
you know, yeah, people that want to listen to you, that, you know, yeah. and, and you appreciate their feedback and, yeah. and you act on it. That's why no I'm, one wants yeah. to feel alone. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. We've sort of, we've had that, haven't we, with, with people like when we've put an episode out late or I don't think we have missed a week, have we? Or we oh. missed one week or whatever. And people, you do, you get a lot of feedback. People going, I need my like Wednesday morning <laughs> fix. What's going on? It's like, what, where so are even you? Even an hour late, people yeah. are like tweeting. Yeah, where, where, where are you? Yeah, where, where are you? Yeah. Sorry, mate, there's a technical problem. What sort of problem is it? <laughs> <laughs> where are you? Yeah, where are you? Yeah. Hold on a minute, you said an hour, now it's 20 past. What's but going that's on? one of the beautiful yeah. things from my point of view about doing a podcast is that that relationship is really important and and you and, and you yeah you do there is a relationship yeah isn't there mm. like you know you're there Wednesday morning 7am and we try and hit that every week and and people come to rely on that and the podcasts that I like are very reliable you know yeah. you, you can rely on so and so to be there and and it's yeah. like it's like it's like an old friend isn't it yeah. you know it's, a, it's a and the people you meet the people you meet on the podcast yeah. I wouldn't care well, I would care if I didn't get many downloads. I, I, I won't lie. Yeah. But I wouldn't yeah. care that much if I didn't get many downloads. And I certainly wouldn't care if I didn't make any money to be here talking to people like yeah. you. I've met some coolest people. We, I've never had someone on my show. And I've had some big names like you have and thought, oh, what a diva. I didn't really like them. Yeah. Liked everyone. Met, created some really good friendships. That's a great thing. I mean, I just love meeting cool, interesting people and talking about cool, interesting things that you don't normally sure. talk about. And that's what you get to do on the podcast. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's, good, it's cool that maybe this podcast will inspire some other people to do it. And I obviously, so. you yeah. know, your theme is boxing. My theme is sort of business and entrepreneurship. Yeah. But everyone listening, well, they've got their own passion. Get a Zoom H1 or a Zoom H4. Get two or three microphones and just start sharing your passion, whatever it is. Because many business owners who are really successful in business, they, they just started with a passion. They wanted yeah. to do something yeah. that they enjoyed and yeah. it could turn into something. Fascinating. Yeah. Do you end it there? I think so. <laughs> end on a high, man. Can yeah, we, can high, we yeah. have links to your show for my listeners? Yes. Yeah, because obviously this is going on my show as well as your show. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. So it's called Pound for Pound. Pound for Pound, yes. Yeah, uh, iTunes, on, yeah, iTunes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we're about 58 episodes in, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And where can we follow you both? At Pound Podcast. Yeah. Uh, that's and then Instagram. You'll find your own platforms from there. Yeah, yeah, I'm at Mr. Jake D. Wood. And um, I'm at... At Spencer Oliver. Yeah, we're really active yeah. on the Twitter. We think that's really uh, important part of you know staying in touch and getting the feedback and uh, yeah. and uh, and, and uh, yeah, touching base with with everyone that listens. So mm. yeah, we're we're pretty active on there. So if you tweet us, we'll definitely we'll definitely see it. Yeah, great. And you good stuff. Um, so I have a podcast called The Disruptive Entrepreneur, and then if you just search my name, Rob Moore, on all the socials, you'll find me there. Um, there is a Rob Moore model. That's not me. <laughs> I've knocked him down on Google a bit. Though, yeah. so. there, is a, yeah. there is an Oliver Spencer as well. That's not me. He's no. a model. Is He's it? a model really? as well. Yeah. No. Yeah. And there right. is a, there is a Jake Wood, very successful uh, baseball player, but that's not me. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad wow. you cleared all that up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just let everyone know I'm at Spencer Oliver. <laughs> Perfect. So yeah, this enough. has been Pound for Pound slash The Disruptive Entrepreneur. Fantastic idea, Rob. And uh, what a pleasure to sit around and uh, chat with you. And uh, yeah, we'll do yeah, thank you. There's one oh, thing I'll say at yes. the end. Can I just finish on it? I always Go say the it. same quote. It's yours. If you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Goodbye. Done. <laughs> <laughs>